We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome everybody to Solo Ship Week 17. Jam, we are we're moving through the season. Uh, we're almost at the end. We got a pretty pretty chaotic week though in front of us with Week 17. Yeah, on our our group text today with the, some of the OWS guys, uh, Zandamir said he said I feel like yesterday's content will all be obsolete by tomorrow, which is kind of how how this slate feels. It's uh, I was on the Pete over that my show with Pete a minute ago and I was saying like, it's not week 18, but it almost has some week 18 feel to it this week. So uh, yeah, really interesting, really interesting slate for sure. Yeah. It's uh, it's got a lot, lot going on. It, it is like, it's like week 18 junior. I mean, week 17 used to be <laughs> where everything was, was crazy, but we, we still, we have that element with a few games where it's, you know, teams are starting to lose things to play for. Like some teams don't have anything to play for. Uh, some teams like don't, have anything to play for this week but they do next week uh and i think that's that's highly relevant and we saw that you know with the thursday night game just last night uh you know with with tennessee um it's it's a mess i haven't seen people talking about this a lot on on like dfs twitter or anything but the slate's not the same on fanduel and DraftKings. like the no yeah it's on fanduel fanduel in their in their imminent wisdom decided to put their slate up without checking to see what the flex scheduling had done. And so they've got the Sunday night game on. They're missing one of the uh, Sunday day games because it was originally the Sunday night game. Uh, shout out to FanDuel for how well they run things over there. <laughs> yeah, Chargers yeah. Is, is not on the slate for FanDuel. It is for DraftKings. And it's going to be a throwback on FanDuel where they played the whole Sunday slate in the main slate because um, that, that slate's not going to be over until the Sunday night game is done. Yeah, Baltimore yeah. and uh, I think it's Baltimore and Pittsburgh are on the slate. So... Like, yeah, you got to play that out. And see. Yeah, for, for as much as people complain about the how bad the main slates are with like all the island games off of them, I, I definitely enjoy like having things resolved by on the West Coast by 4.30 p.m., right? Uh, I remember having in, in back in like 2014, 2015, the Monday night game was on the main slate as well. So you had to really wait the whole weekend to, for things to be resolved. But yeah, um, It'll be an interesting, interesting weekend there. And then another thing I don't think people are talking about enough is you alluded to this, but 
the Titans rested Derrick Henry. They rested Malik Willis. Might have lost Malik Willis his his job for the stretch run uh, in doing so. But they rested kind of key starters because they don't have anything to play for in Week 17. But their Week 18 game is a divisional championship game. The Jags are in the same situation, right? Doug Peterson said we're going to play these guys, but coaches lie sometimes, and so. I don't think that people have really like I, I'm seeing high ownership projections on ETN on Zay Jones on Trevor Lawrence. Uh, there's some interesting things to dig into there as well, just because I think that there's higher risk than the field is apparently recognizing. There's uh, Christian McCaffrey is coming in with high ownership projections one week after, you know, we talked on the show last week. I think we talked on the show about uh, Mike on, on the site in the NFL edge had had kind of presented the supposition that, Hey, Look, the 49ers probably can't get the one seed. They can't fall below the three seed. They're still playing to win, but they might start resting, like not giving Christian McCaffrey 100% of the touches when the game's still competitive. Sure enough, right? right. Like you kind of look at the box score and it's like same thing, but it wasn't the same thing. The previous game, McCaffrey had 100% of the touches and then Jordan Mason came in as the closer once he had a big lead. Last week, Tyrion Davis-Price was mixing in in the first quarter. So uh, similar sort of thing where you probably don't see 30 touches from Christian McCaffrey, probably count to like 18 to 22 touches at 9K in salary on a team that won't throw the ball more than 23 to 25 times if they can help it. Um, so, yeah, just a lot of interesting elements in play this week. Uh, one of the things I said to Pete was I, a couple weeks ago, I had a week where there was like a lot of popular landmines and I missed all of them but then ended up on other like low owned landmines. But it's kind of like a, a week like that where I feel like step one is identifying where the popular landmines might be and avoiding those first and then trying to get like solid scores in other spots. So uh, it's definitely a week where I think the field is maybe not as locked in as they are early in the season. And it's a week where you need to be locked into all the different like variables on this slate. Yeah. And so actually, I think the content across the industry is not as sharp this week as it usually is because it's it's New Year's Eve. And the I mean, it's it, you know, we're recording this on Friday, the day before New Year's Eve. Uh, the slate itself is going to happen on New Year's Day. And that almost adds like a Korean League baseball element where on the West Coast, I'm not sure some people are going to be up in time to like update their lineups um, because, yeah, it's, it's going to be New Year's Day. So people are going out late on Saturday night or, you know, for New Year's Eve, um, they may not be up in time you know, on Sunday to, to, uh, you know, to update those lineups. Um, and yeah, I mean, it is, it's tough. It's the holidays. It's, it's tough getting content in. Uh, there was a, a sentence on the, one of the OWS write-ups, um, what the edge, it was the um, Atlanta, Arizona game. And you actually, in your comments, you said, like, this is one of the best write-ups I've seen, or you said it, you know, it's an yeah, NFL it's like a Hall of Fame NFL edge and you called out a sentence and it was not the sentence that I thought was like one of the best sentences I've read in a write-up, but I wrote it down. I was like, people should have this like on a post-it note for like week 17, week 18 in NFL. But uh, I think it was Hilo, right? Wrote, there's hidden upside in the variance associated with late season personnel decisions on teams out of playoff consideration or contention. And like, yeah, it was about Tyler Algier. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like you need to be thinking about this stuff all the time. And, and the content really, this week, I think, is not like thinking about things like playoff positioning, like you pointed out with the, the Jacksonville, um, like they're drawing high ownership and like coaches lie all the time. Um, contract incentives, records. I think Justin Fields could break the record for rushing yards by by a quarterback, but he needs to average a lot of rushing yards. Um, I think Justin Jefferson's in a similar situation yeah, with a yeah. single season receiving yard record. Like those things matter. And I particularly like contract incentives, which is going to be more in play, I think, next week with, you know, with the final week of the season. Um, 
but like, yeah, you need, you need to be thinking about those things. Yeah. I think you bring, bring up a great point with, um, with Jacksonville, because I, that is a situation that makes me really nervous. Cause I think like Doug Peterson said, like, we just don't rest our starters, but if I yeah. could, if I could, like, he's done it before, I think with Philly yeah. <laughs> and, and if, um, like if, if I could like count how many times going into the last week of the season, an NFL coach says just business as usual. And the quarterback, you know, like the starting quarterback is like home by the fourth quarter watching the rest of the game on TV. Right. Cause like they just don't come out for the second half. And I, I have to think like, yeah, Doug Peterson might be thinking today we're going to play our starters, but like what if Trevor Lawrence gets hurt in the game? Like that's not a situation he wants to be in as a head coach um, where they're trying to make the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. How's my how's my audio? I just realized my mic wasn't plugged in that whole time. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, sounds good. Shout out to the MacBook for picking up my audio. Uh, I got the mic plugged in now. <laughs> yeah, the, the and I want to talk about that game real quickly because one of the things I think is interesting is I, I pointed this out this week is that offense. What I said was there was a point in the season where Trevor Lawrence had ten touchdowns and six picks, and since then he's thrown fourteen touchdowns and one pick. And a player doesn't improve that much from like one week to the next. That's a, that's a thing of like, they've unlocked like his potential. And a lot of that is just comes down to confidence and belief. And, and we can't quantify that analytically, but we saw it with Zach Wilson, right? Like Zach Wilson is completely unraveled. They had to sit him because he can't make simple throws because of a lack of confidence. His mechanics have broken down all this. Uh, Justin Fields talked about it earlier this year. Like, his, you could visibly see his confidence growing as he got more and more comfortable in the offense. And then you start feeling like Superman, when you're out there, you start taking bigger risks. You start, and you feel it in DFS too, right? Where a couple wins and you start playing really well, right? And, and so with Trevor Lawrence, this isn't like, oh, he suddenly got better. It's like this offense got in a rhythm. This team started believing. This team is, kind of has a good feel for what they're doing. There's a lot of confidence. So I think that if you're Doug Peterson, I, I feel very confident saying Doug Peterson doesn't want to break that. But there's two ways that you could try to keep that up. One way is you come out, you go, you run your normal offense in the first half, and then you get several good drives under your belt. And then you say, okay, good. Like, let's get you guys off the field. And the other way you do it is to just play the full game. But I, I think that there's, I think that if you play these guys at the start of the game, you're going to be like, okay, nice. Like, it's just a normal game, right? Because that's how they're going to start this game more than likely. They need to stay in rhythm to kind of get this. They got to win five straight games weeks 18 through the Super Bowl if they want to win a Super Bowl this year. So why not stay in rhythm? But also, if you're in rhythm after one and a half quarters, why not be like, okay, like we're good, right? <laughs> let's, let's sit these guys. And, and so I could easily see that happening. And I like to typically take a cue from what Vegas tells us in these spots. A lot of times you'll see a coach in week 18 be like, we're playing all the guys, but then their implied team total is like 17 points, right? The Jags are kind of funny because they're 23 points, which is lower than you would expect. But also the Texans defense has been playing well lately. So it's kind of like a hedge between like, what the Jags, like if the Jags play a full game, they're probably scoring more than 23 points, but we don't really know. So we're not putting them down at like 20 points. So, so yeah, I mean, I think that there's risk there. I think that they're a really interesting tournament offense, but the fact that they're coming with high ownership, like the, the bigger edges and just not playing them and hoping that that's the way things play out. Um, so yeah, it's like we said, I mean, interesting all the way around some weird usage stuff to pay attention to with some of these teams that like, are prepping for the playoffs on these teams that are getting ready for next season, like the Falcons with Algier and, and Drake London seeing all this, this bump in work lately. Um, and then teams like the Jags where it's like, Hey, we don't have anything to play for this week, but next week we do. Uh, so all of those are things that we have to be aware of this week. And like you said, I mean, the there, 
you mentioned Hilo, right? And his, this great write-up that he had. I think there's a sliding scale of how many kids you have and how dialed in you are for this week, right? Because with two kids, I'm like, oh, New Year's is this week. I forgot about that. <laughs> like, that's a foreign concept to me. You have one kid and she's six. So you're in New York City right now, having a good time, right? Hilo's got four kids. So he's like, he, he, New Year's isn't a thing for him. He's just at home working. So uh, yeah, it's like, to me, I, I wasn't even thinking about that element because I've got two kids under the age of four. I'm like, what's New Year's again? But um, but yeah, for most people, it's like New Year's on Saturday night. That's going to impact the way that they play this slate. So I think that the fact that there are so many things to think about this week and that it overlaps with this New Year's slate where content's not as good. In fact, uh, I mean, I remember I haven't read other content in the industry, but last year there were some some content providers that I really expect, really respect. And I read their stuff in like New Year's week. And I was like, did you forget that there was a slate this week? Like, um, so it is kind of like that. Right. And And then DFS players will be kind of checked out a little bit. So there's an edge in buckling down and kind of getting a handle on these things this week for sure. Yeah. And actually I, I, I think there's an edge in getting older too. Like as you get yeah. <laughs> age of like NFL head coaches are like, I, I do, I look at this situation with, with Jacksonville and I think like there, if a big name player, like the, and the big name players tend to be the guys we care about in fantasy. Like if he gets hurt, like cause they have nothing to play for this week. They have a huge thing to play for next week. If Trevor Lawrence gets hurt and he's already listed as questionable um, and he's not able to play next week, I mean, that's the coach's job right there. Right. And that's like, they're going to have to find their assistant coaches. Like, they, you know, everybody's going to have to move and find new jobs. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, maybe they play the full game. I can't imagine it's worth that risk. I, I can't imagine. And I, I think you talked about like Travis Etienne, like, like the guys up front, the guys that really take punishments, like why would you run them out there? And especially like you have backups all season. They're like, every week we're advocating for more work, right? Like they want to get right, more work, right, right. They can get a big contract, like make those guys happy with it, with a week, you know, like I think it'd be like Jamichael Hasty, um, like maybe Marvin Jones, right. You know, some veterans that have maybe sacrificed a little, you know, some other guys kind of shine in, in the spotlight, like get those guys, some numbers, get those guys, some, some reps. And, and some so here's a question in Laura, let's talk. I mean, this is technically a single entry show as we've established though, we really like talking about the slate and we'll hone in on some single entry stuff. Uh, what about a guy like Jamal Agnew? Yeah. I hadn't thought about this till you were just saying that, but like Jamal Agnew who has legitimate game breaking ball in his hands upside is probably priced at three K. I haven't even checked. Uh, he's priced at three K. Couldn't we see like Jamal Agnew play two and a half quarters and then say, Hey, let's, let's do a Jamal. Cause when Jamal Agnew plays, you gotta get, he's like R Rashid Shahid, right? You gotta get schemed touches for him. But in real games this year, he has a 21-pointer. He has a 14.7-pointer, um, you know, playing behind all these other guys. I think he's an interesting guy in, in like, not even the Millie Maker, but, like, the slant, you know, play him on 5% on of rosters in the slant. Um, I don't think I'd put him on my tighter builds. But, yeah, there's some interesting angles like that that are pretty fun on this week. Um, I think he and, – and I still really – so let's talk about this, too, because I think this is important for all contests. Greg Dorch. So – we got news like an hour and a half ago that Colt McCoy is out with a, an apparent concussion. But the one of the interesting things that we dug into in the NFL Edge this week, the high, that was the yeah that was the game that Hilo wrote up, was that the Cardinals have had basically the exact same pass play rate through three different quarterbacks. Cliff Kingsbury doesn't change anything. He's just like, who's starting? I don't know. Just call the same plays, right? So David Blah is starting this week they're still going to run the same offense. They're still going to call the same number of pass plays. Uh, and Greg Dorch, I think that this level of uncertainty around his role, this is the shorter show, so we won't dive into all of it, but 
he had these two games where he was healthy, active, and randomly just didn't play. Like hardly played at all. AJ Green got a bunch of snaps in those games. Robbie Anderson played ahead of him. And then last week they put Dorch back in. He did the same thing he's been doing all season. He has five games where he's seen 70% of the snaps or more. In all five of those games, he scored at least 13 DraftKings points. In four of them, he scored at least 15 DraftKings points. In two of them, he scored at least 22 DraftKings points. He's 3K. If we knew that he was getting all the snaps, he would be 50% owned. And we would just be like, well, yeah, he's a chalky piece that you just have to play. And then, you know, we're playing eight roster spot DFS. But he's going to be probably under 15% owned, maybe under 10% owned because of all the uncertainty, because of the quarterback switch. And so the fact that we can get a potential like separator at 3K is really interesting. So that's for like all styles of play, small field, large field. And then it's interesting to say like, hey, what does a Dorch Agnew roster look like, you know, in, in large field play? Because you have this salary structure that nobody else will have. So, uh, yeah, curious your thoughts, if you have any thoughts on Dorch and then um, Agnew or any other like off the board players that we might be able to benefit from this week. Yeah, I, I do. Um, I think so. I, I read the, the write ups on, on OWS last night um, and I read that you guys are really high on Greg Dorch and. Uh, I was, there was still some uncertainty over whether James Conner was going to play. It looks like he is, I think he practiced today, so he's going to play. And then there was uncertainty at the quarterback position. Uh, but I was thinking like, yeah, Dorch and like maybe even Trey McBride, a, a little bit high on Trey McBride on the, I think it was like the Christmas slate. Um, Cause he, he seems to do well in college um, near minimum price tight end. And when they have like the third string quarterback in, I tend to think, well, he might be throwing to the guys that were backups at the beginning of the season, right? Like you went through like, you know, preseason and training camp and they're doing reps together in practice, uh, you know, while the starters are all doing reps together, but now like all the starters are gone. Um, so yeah, I, I do. I like the idea of playing Greg Dorch. I think we have him at like 1.7% ownership um, on DraftKings on Rotor Grinders. I would take the over on that if I could, um, because I think Dorch is by far the best 3K wide receiver it's just, I don't know if you'll have to go to a 3K wide receiver. Like, I was thinking, like, DJ Shark is only 4300 Yeah. Um, so, it's like a $1,300. I mean, $1,300 is a significant difference. Uh, I like the Agnew call. I like the idea of playing some of these, the Jacksonville backups or, or Jacksonville guys that wouldn't get as many reps in a regular week um, in in larger field. I don't I think it's, like, probably two out there for single entry, but it depends on your, your risk tolerance. Um, but, yeah, I love the idea. I, I think Dorch is good. I I was less high on him with Colt McCoy because like McCoy, I think didn't throw as much to him. Whereas it, like, I think last week George went nuts with McSorley. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, he wasn't, he didn't play snaps with McCoy. Like he literally yeah. played like five and seven snaps or something like that. It was like really weird usage in those games. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you on, on shark. I mean, this guy is perpetually, perpetually, perpetually undervalued um, in week 13, he put up 14.8 points, but he was two yards shy of the bonus, right? So two yards away from putting up 18 points. Uh, week 14, he put up 21.4, and he was six yards shy of the bonus. So six yards away from that actually being a 25-pointer. Uh, week 16, he put up 17.8 points uh, with the bonus, but without a touchdown. And, and I think people don't look at him as like a guy who can consistently go for 20 points, and everybody, I mean, nothing against Amon Ross St. Brown, but everybody wants to play Amon Ross St. Brown at 7,800. Nobody wants to play Shark at 4,300 in what's what's clearly the best game. I mean, there's no question it's the best game environment on the slate. If we played out the slate 100 times, it would top all the other games, maybe all the other games combined, right? More times than not. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Shark is, and this offense, it's like they've got Amon Ross St. Brown, 
they've got Shark, and then they've got like a massive rotation at the number three wide receiver spot at tight end. They've been running more two tight end sets. They've got a three-man rotation in the backfield. So it's like these are the two staples on the offense are, are St. Brown and Shark, and people just kind of go to the one staple in, in St. Brown and not to Shark. So um, I love that. I mean, I'm going to have to force myself to not play him on like 80% of builds this week because there are still pathways where he gets seven points and I want to be able to still win if that happens. But um, no, I mean, he's like a, he's like a legit, like 40 to 50% of rosters type guy to me. He's a definite like single entry type guy for me this week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, and we should talk about that game environment because I do, I think I, I don't always like focus on one game environment, but it's, it's hard not to. And we actually have a bigger slate this week. We have 13 games instead of like the last few weeks we've had 10 games like that. The Detroit Chicago game really stands out. And I think it, it starts with quarterback pricing, um, that might be another like New Year's holiday casualty is the pricing on on DraftKings on Jared Goff. Um, yeah, just, like there's no reason for him to be so cheap. Um, no, it's like the no. Best <laughs> environment. <laughs> um, and but I actually I like the idea. I kind of like Justin Fields on FanDuel and Goff on on DraftKings. Although he could play either on either site. Um, but then mixing and matching that game with you know with some other much lower owned pieces. Um, but yeah, the Amon Ross St. Brown I think is going to be extremely popular. And DJ Shark's not. I think some of it comes down to injuries. Uh, whereas Amon Ra has pretty much been there all season. And I think like DJ Shark missed some time with an injury and he hasn't been as, as relevant in like season long fantasy, if that makes sense. Like yeah. he's just yeah. not on people's radars. Whereas like the the, the running backs are like uh Swift and, and Jamal Williams has had this like big touchdown run, and that's notable. And then it's Amon Ra St. Brown. And then everything else is just a little bit of confusion after that, but it's not, it's actually just DJ Sharp is, is one of the main staples, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. And I think people, people kind of perceived Josh Reynolds as the number two. So they kind of then have this perception that when Jamison Williams started working back in shark would lose snaps, which again, hasn't been the, I mean, shark people don't, I guess people don't perceive shark as being this great wide receiver, right? He's not like an elite wide receiver, but he's a really excellent number two. Um, he was injured last year. So then people weren't, weren't, you know, like he's out of sight, out of mind. Uh, and injured for part of this year. So um, yeah, and he's playing, you know, 90 plus percent of the snaps. And like you said, the, the pricing on golf is silly. I, I think that golf will be obviously very popular, but not even as popular as he should be, right? He should be priced 1K to 1.5K more, which is kind of the top end of the pocket passer range. Um, I laid out all the numbers in the NFL edge, but you know, he's basically a top six quarterback this year in, in yards and touchdowns and uh, avoiding interceptions. Like, and, and he's, a, I mean, he's a clear pro bowl quarterback this year and they're passing the ball at a super high rate recently. Whereas they started the year being like, okay, let's be a run focused team and we'll pass the ball if we have to. And then throughout the second half of the season, it was like, let's proactively pass the ball five straight games with 37 plus pass attempts. Like this is a team that is going to come out and throw the ball and try to win through the air. And golf has been absolutely excellent. And this bears defense has allowed the second most points per game in the NFL the Lions have allowed the most points per game in the NFL. So, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. The, the I don't think that anybody perceives this Lions team or Jared Goff as a quarterback the way that they should. Uh, Lions fifth in points per game. Like this is, you know, take away their record. This is an elite team, right? They had all these two-point, three-point losses. Um, and, you know, they're six and two in their last eight games, I believe, is what, what they are. Like, yeah, Goff is just a not a smash play, right? Cause he's a pocket passer and things can break down. If he doesn't get the touchdown, doesn't get the bonus, but um, just like a clearly mispriced play on this slate. And, and like we said, like, because shark will be lower owned golf plus shark just becomes a really unique way to, to play this when it shouldn't be, which is a, a nice, a nice setup to have. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, actually, I haven't really looked like position by position. Just I, I looked at, at quarterback. And like, well, I like Justin Fields. Uh, you know, I like uh, Jared Goff. And, you know, I kind of like Patrick Mahomes. There's almost nobody else at quarterback. Like, Trevor, yeah. you know, Trevor Lawrence is a huge question mark. He's maybe like the fourth most popular, uh, but like, yeah, he, he could be out and it, it's a dangerous play. It would not shock me at all if he just plays one half or if he doesn't play at all. Uh, and then like, I don't know. I don't know who you've got. I got after that. Cause like some of the, some of the games that where it like playoff positioning actually matters, um, like are not very good game environments. So like I was thinking like Tampa Bay and, and Carolina, like that game means a lot, but it's not a very good like fantasy environment. I, I think Green Bay, Minnesota is maybe more interesting, but um, it's still probably not as good an environment as as you would maybe think. Like it's certainly like not as good as um, you know, like if if it was being played in Minnesota. Um, so yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. Um, like I I think Cousins and, and Aaron Rodgers are like plausible, but like after you get past like Goff, Fields, and Mahomes, it's it's pretty slim pickings, and it wouldn't shock me at all if like Goff we're we're projecting Goff like fifteen percent ownership. He might he might hit like thirty or even more like in single entry, um, but I actually don't know that I would even fade him at that. Yeah, <laughs> at that. yeah. and it's, it's like or, yeah. if you take away positional designations, you're not really like at another position. You wouldn't be that bothered by a really good fifty six hundred play being thirty percent owned. Uh, I agree with you. I think he'll be a lot higher owned in in single entry than what ownership projections are showing, just because of the nature of single entry and, and the nature of how underpriced golf is. And like I said if he doesn't get the 300 yard bonus at the touchdowns come on the ground, all of a sudden, you know, he puts up 15 to 17 points in a really good game environment and like slightly hurts everybody who played him. So I don't think he's like some have to play him play, but he's definitely a play that I'm very happy to play at high ownership and single entry. The only other quarterback I have on my list beyond that is, is Gardner Minshew. And it's, you know, and in large field play, I like Russell Wilson, but if we're talking about if we start focusing on single entry, like tighter build, yeah, it's Mahomes, it's fields, it's golf. And it's or Gardner Minshew. It's, it's basically whoever plays quarterback for the Eagles. So Minshew or Hurts, I would be happy to play them. Uh, the rest of these guys are really large field plays for me. And you know, you mentioned that that Packers Vikings game environment, right? It's like you said, it's not as good as people are going to expect or think of it as being. Rodgers hasn't topped, I think it's twenty point three four DraftKings points was his best game this season, and he's six K in salary, right? And then Cousins is playing this really good Packers pass defense. Um, had those two big games that kind of got everybody on him, but most of the season he hasn't been posting big scores. And and in the similar, very similar offense last year, Matthew Stafford, same thing, like always solid scores, but no scores that are, were going to win you a tournament. Lots of 20, 22, 23 pointers. 
And so, yeah, it's like maybe Goff only puts up 15 to 17, but then, you know, maybe Fields puts up 30 or maybe Mahomes puts up, up 35 or maybe the Eagles quarterback puts up 30. And I just don't see a lot of these other quarterbacks really pushing for that type of score. So uh, I'm comfortable keeping a super narrow quarterback pool, even though it's a, a larger slate than we've had recently. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of agree with that. Um, it, I, I think the chances that Goff hurts you, especially with his DraftKings pricing is, is very small. And yeah. so they, like, the ownership is, is justified even in single entry. Um, I wanted to just like touch on the, the running back position. You mentioned Christian McCaffrey. I think he's going to be really popular. Um, and you mentioned Tyrion Davis Price, who I know because I got his DraftKings Rainmakers. Um, like you open these packs with these the NFT. I'm like, who is this guy? And I, I did. I saw him last week, like early in the game, getting carries. I'm like, oh, that, there he is. <laughs> um, but it, yeah, it is. It's relevant because San Francisco has less and less to play for. Um, and yeah, that's another thing. Like coaches do not want to get their star guys hurt if they don't have something to play for, right? Because it's going to make them look really bad. Like that is a fireable decision. Um, and it does seem like people are getting a little bit overconfident in Christian McCaffrey because he's had this great string of games. Uh, like Debo Samuel is back. Even if everybody is playing the whole the whole game, like Debo Samuel is back, that takes away from McCaffrey. Uh, so he could be so – anyway, he's like 9,500 on FanDuel. Um, I'm sure he's very expensive on, on DraftKings. Nine, 9K on DraftKings, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they're playing – like Jarrett Stidham is starting for the Raiders. It's hard to see this game staying close. So even if the 49ers – give McCaffrey 100% of the touches until they have a big lead. It still probably caps him at 22 to 25 touches. But then if they start spelling him in the first and second quarter, you know, he could end up with 17 touches and, and that's it for 9K in salary. And again, their pass attempts have been, I think it was 21, 25, and 26 in Brock Purdy's last three games. Um, you know, even with Garoppolo, there was like a stretch of, of, I think it was 14 games, 12 out of 14 games that the 49ers had won, he'd finished below 30 pass attempts right? Like when they're winning games, they don't pass the ball a lot. That's their offense. And then if they're spelling Christian McCaffrey early and then taking him out when they have a big lead, I just, it's hard for me to see, like, I keep saying this this week and now I'm like, watch him go out and put up 40 points. Right. But like, um, take it as one person's opinion if you're listening to me, but, but it's just hard for me to see him putting up the type of game that would bury me for not having had him. And it's easy for me to see him hurting people who played him. So he's he's such an easy fade for me this week. It's like not even a question. And and then Saquon hasn't topped 26 points since week one. Uh, Josh Jacobs is playing with Jarrett Stidham against the 49ers defense. Austin Eckler has, has seen his role actually shrink a little bit. He's got this knee injury. So, yeah, I, I kind of think it's a week. Like I won't be pay, playing a running back above 7,200 this week. It's like James Conner, Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson. That's where things start to get interesting to me because all those guys above that, I think they end up in like this 15 to 25 point range this week. Yeah, actually, I think it's important to think about when McCaffrey has like 40 point games, where does that come from? And it's it's because San Francisco is pressing the whole game and they're even throwing the ball and McCaffrey's getting some receptions. Um, that's where he's like been so so dangerous in the past. And that's why he's such a high priced running back. But I, I don't see this as being that kind of game where San Francisco's got to throw the ball a lot. Um, like, yeah, they are, they could just score two touchdowns and wait and see, can the Raiders score? Um, and that could, that could involve a lot of like Tyrion Davis price uh, rushes. Um, yeah. Those, those two touchdowns might even be scored by the defense in this, yeah. in this game. Right. Um, I, well, I'm surprised you didn't mention Miles Sanders unless I, Unless, unless I didn't hear you. And he's actually somebody that I'm a little bit interested in this week. 
because his price has come down a little bit. Um, and so I think like, I think Miles Sanders could be interesting. I guess I was looking because uh, Washington is miss, going to be missing Antonio Gibson. So I wanted to see, um, should I play Brian Robinson? I saw like Miles Sanders cheaper than Robinson. Like, oh, I'd much prefer to play, uh, play Miles Sanders. Yeah, no, I, I, when I was going through that running back list, it was like I stopped at the 6,800 range. But yeah, down in the like 6K range, McKinnon's interesting to me. Miles Sanders is, is interesting. If, if Aaron Jones is still banged up, A.J. Dillon is interesting to me. Uh, and they're more interesting to me than these cheaper guys because I, I like Algier, I like DeAndre Swift, but these like Brian Robinsons and Zonovan Knights, and it, it's hard for them to get more than 20 points, you know? Like, so it's hard for them to bury you for not having played them. It's also hard for them to like separate if, if they have like a really good game, they're still not really helping you win a tournament. They're just kind of keeping you on pace and taking up a roster spot, not saving you that much salary. So I much prefer spending a little bit extra to get up to the Miles Sanders or the Jared McKinnons. Um, Miles Sanders is interesting, right? Because I, I was banging the drum on him and I was banging the drum on him when he was low owned because he is a volatile range of outcomes guy, but he can put up these 30 pointers. But lately he's been high owned and kind of it's funny, like he's been high on the last two weeks and and had two of his worst games of the season in the last two weeks. But I think people are still going to go back there because like, where else do you go this week? So he is typically the kind of player that if he's if he's low owned, I want to play him. If he's high owned, if he's low owned in a good matchup, I want to play him. If he's high owned, I want to fade him. Um, But this is a week where, yeah, I mean, like one of the things I said this week is like Miles Sanders doesn't know if he's high owned or not. The Eagles don't know if he's high owned or not. The Saints don't know if he's high owned or not. Like whatever happens there is independent of his ownership. So he can certainly still hit at high ownership. Um, it's just that since he has such a broad range of outcomes, I typically avoid him when he's high owned. And this week it's looking like he'll probably be popular. But yeah, if he if he goes for 140 yards and two touchdowns, which he's done three times this year, he's a, a super smash play at 5,900, right? He has three games of like 30 to 35 points. And he's 5,900. That's pretty crazy. So, uh, yeah, I'd much rather play him over, like, the Brian Robinson, who probably gets you 15 to 20 in a really good game. Um, and and that's really where I'm more focused is these, like, 5.8K to 7.2K running backs and then throw in DeAndre Swift and, and uh, Tyler Algier kind of on top of that. Uh, just bringing up – like, staying with that game with the Saints, I want to point out, I think Taysom Hill is still, like, tight end eligible on Vandal and – uh, only a you know, quarterback eligible on DraftKings. I don't think he's consideration on DraftKings, but as teams start to experiment a little bit more as the season goes on, like the Saints, I think have nothing to play for now. Um, I I kind of like the idea of playing some Taysom Hill rosters, even single entry, uh, and certainly in in uh, multi entry, not on DraftKings but on FanDuel, because like you, that could be a thing where New Orleans says, "All right, we're going to like get him more pass attempts than we have, or we're going to, um, you know, we're just going to." have more, you know, red zone. We're giving the ball to Taysom Hill. Uh, Cause I think it's a big contract. I think they want to justify it. Um, and like Taysom Hill is a guy that can break a slate. If he like passes for a touchdown, rushes for a touchdown uh, at the tight end position, uh, but not a consideration on, on DraftKings. Yeah. I think that's super sharp. You know, last week I said Taysom Hill at 4,800 in large field play on, on our show and like a small, like small allocation, like later that day, or maybe it was on Saturday, no, I guess the main slate was on Saturday last week. So yeah, later that day, uh, sportsbooks ended up pulling the passing yardage props for Andy Dalton. Yeah. And I was like, man, I, like I literally was tempted to play Taysom Hill at quarterback last week on tighter builds because it was like 
do they know something we don't know? Like, are, are they, cause there was all this talk that the saints might, might use Taysom Hill more. There was the bad weather. And I was like, man, maybe they're just, maybe their whole game plan is just Taysom Hill centric and he's going to play quarterback and he's going to get a bunch of carries and get 15 pass attempts. Didn't end up happening, but no, I, I mean, I think it's a super sharp way to go because people don't like that uncertainty. And yet if he goes out there and, and has one of his big role games, like his ceiling is, is so high. Um, and at the tight end position, I think I think it's super sharp. Yeah, because you're basically getting uh, like a, a mid usage running back slash a low usage quarterback at the tight end position, which is uh, just has a lot of value. And uh, I like that call quite a bit. Yeah, and just you know, to be clear, it's there's not a lot you're necessarily getting up at the tight end position, but the upside for Taysom Hill is huge, and he's getting some work no matter what, right? So he's it's unlikely that it's going to totally burn you, but he's getting rushing yards like almost every tight end on the slate could give you a zero or could give you like a very small score. Uh, whereas, you know, Taysom Hill is probably going to get some guaranteed rushing yards and he could get like a passing touchdown or maybe even a long passing touchdown. Um, so that's something that's, that seems relevant to me um, just because it, it is something that could break the slates that people aren't really thinking about. Yeah. Is there any, anybody else that, I mean, if Debo plays, then Kittle's way less interesting. Yeah. Um, Kelsey's interesting, but also, I mean, really expensive and could easily score another 15 to 18 pointer. Uh, what are you seeing at tight end this week for, for tighter builds? Yeah. So, I mean, I like, um, like, I always like playing Travis Kelsey and I, especially like multi-entry really, you know, single entry or multi-entry. Uh, he's always seems under-owned for g- getting guaranteed points at a position where there's not a lot of guaranteed points. Um, Cole Komet, I guess is, is interesting and I'll probably end up with a, a fair amount of Cole Komet, but I think he'll be, pretty popular because I think that that Chicago Detroit game more I'm looking at it and how little there is a quarterback outside of that game. I think, I think everybody from that game is going to be popular except for DJ shark for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, it, uh, Mark Andrews, I guess is on Fanduel <laughs> this week um, because I've got the Baltimore game and I guess Pat Fryermuth. Um probably still not interested, although it'd be an interesting like Sunday night hammer to, to bring out on the uh, Fanduel slate. Um, but yeah, there's there's not a lot. I guess Dallas Goddard as well. If we're if we're getting um, Gardner Minshew, which I, I think it's looking more likely we'll get Minshew than Hurts. Uh, yeah. Dallas Goddard is interesting as well. Um, but none of those guys really strikes me, you know, for the price as being a, a standout. Like Travis Kelsey is clearly the best, but he's you know you're gonna have to pay up for it. So if you you know if you play Travis Kelsey and he does well, and then that's putting you on some additional value pieces like Agnew and and Dorch in a yeah. state roster. Um, that's, you know, I guess even Dorch and shark, you know, like you're, it, then you're getting like high probability, high ceiling for the price tag, um, is a sharp way to build. Yeah. I mean, I think tight ends very thin this week. I think if you go down, maybe the best value is Tyler Conklin, who, um, I think people underestimate how tremendous Seattle has been against wideouts this year. They've been the top three defense against wide receivers and we're in week 17. This isn't a fluke, right? They've been, uh, basically I, I laid out the numbers, but they were like, almost identical numbers to the Jets and everybody avoids wide receivers against the Jets. Everybody plays wide receivers against Seattle. Um, Kansas city has been the same way for years, right? People are just like, Oh, high scoring against Kansas city. They, they've been bad against wideouts this year, but the past few years and yet all season they've held wideouts to like no production. And people are like play wideouts in this, in this spot. Um, but Seattle has been awful against tight ends, right? Like bottom five defense against tight end. So uh, I think Tyler Conklin is interesting. Um, Hilo sent us a, a, roster in our group text with Jelani Woods. So I think since Kyle Granson's going to be out, just the thought of like who gets the touches there for the Colts. 
So I hadn't really thought about him much, but maybe he's interesting. But yeah, I mean, I, I think tight end's really thin. And if you don't, basically, if I don't, uh, you mentioned Trey McBride, I think he's viable. But yeah, it's like if I don't play Goddard or Kittle or Kelsey or Komet, like I might just pay all the way down, right? And get down to these uh, 28, 2900 guys down here uh, and hope I get like eight to 10 points and, and then move on from there. You mentioned Seattle being good against wide receivers. And that's like the second known receiver I think that we've got after uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is Garrett Wilson. But uh, like, I, I don't know, like Mike White's back. Like you'll probably Garrett Wilson from me with Mike White out of like old dead hands because um, he's been underpriced. But you bring up a good point. Like there is a path to failure there that people probably aren't thinking about. And uh, whereas like probably playing Amon St. Brown, even with the field, like Garrett Wilson might end up being overowned. Uh, just because he's like the narrative of Mike White being back and, and he doesn't like, and Garrett Wilson doesn't have to deal with Zach Wilson anymore. Um, I think is going to lead to him being played a lot and he's still got a good price tag. Uh, so I, I like Garrett Wilson might end up being, being overowned for the matchup that people don't necessarily realize is a bad matchup. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, I mean, Garrett Wilson is a guy I'm not going to argue against because he's so talented, but also not, not going to be featured on my tighter builds this week, just because like, why, why tempt this matchup that's been like, again, basically the same thing as playing a wideout against the Jets and nobody plays wideouts against the Jets. So why are we enthusiastic about playing them against Seattle? Um, yeah, I mean, it's not a spot that I'm going this week on Garrett Wilson. Again, not a spot I'm arguing against because he's so talented and so underpriced, but uh, like I'd rather play Juju for 100 more this week where, you know, he's had, 17 plus points in five of his last six like full snap games. One of those came against Denver um, and he's playing against Denver this week at home, you know, with, with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, which is better than Mike white at quarterback, you know? So um, yeah, but, but again, wouldn't, I'm not arguing against it for anybody who wants to play that one, but it's just not a place I'm going this week. And I think that's an interesting thing this week is that a lot of the, a lot of the players are somewhat even in terms of like actual projections and so rather than going to the high-owned guys who are like basically even in projections, I'm going to go to the low-owned guys who have similar projections to them outside of like the clear best spots, like that, that Detroit-Chicago game, uh, maybe the Kansas City offense and spots like that. Uh, I'll be happy to just – like I'll think – like just by purely thinking for myself this week, I'll just have a really different build than other people will have, which is always a nice week where you're not like, how, how can I get different? But instead you're just like, what do I like the most? And then you look up and you're like, oh, cool, this is really different from what everybody else has. And it's what I wanted to build. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of a week like that for me. Yeah, well, I, I think it's a good week to, to embrace the variance. Um, just because I think I think a lot of people are going to be playing rosters based off of popular projection sets. And I think those projections don't don't include the variance that goes into some of these late late season decisions that coaches are making. Um, so any, any final thoughts? We're a little bit over on time. Any final thoughts for the week? No. Uh, looking forward to seeing how this, <laughs> this strange slate – Shakes out. It gets our, like you said, it's like a, what did you call it? A week 18 junior. <laughs> so yeah. uh, prep us for uh, the craziness that we'll have next week in week 18. All right. Well, thank everybody. Uh, that'll do it for solo ship week 17 or week 18 junior. Uh, see you guys <laughs> all next week.